When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyone who reads comics knows that the bad guys are the best. And when it comes to Marvel comics, their villains are some of the best there is. Marvel villains are powerful, menacing, memorable, and more often than some of us would like to acknowledge, you can kind of see where they're coming from. So with 60 plus years of comics to discuss and the Marvel Cinematic Universe in full swing on film and TV screens, the great cop culture debate wants to know, who is the best Marvel comics villain? Please don't mind that I'm covered in a sticky substance. I assure you, it's just my symbiote. I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please welcome my evil henchman for this episode. He isn't the mad titan. He's just the disappointed in you titan. It's Brendan Hay. (laughs) Eric, I'm doing your podcast for the same reason I do everything. To impress the love of my life, death. Oh, (laughs) does Lady Death listen to this podcast? That actually explains a lot. (laughs) Next, she's not a queen nor a monster. She's the goddess of death. Move over, Hela. It's Kara Austin. What were you the god of again, Eric Resniak? Um, uh, let me bend over and I'll show you. But I've been meaning to tell you, Kara, <laughs> love your taste in hats. And finally, he has a wicked tongue like toad. It's Kevin Dillon. The better to, no, Eric, too easy, low hanging fruit. I'm just going to leave it right there with my tongue. You love low hanging fruit, Kevin. And also, like toad, he recently spent several months in a variety of deep holes. <laughs> <laughs> So before we get to the debate, how does this work? We made a poll of just about every significant Marvel Comics villain we could think of. Roughly 25 people took the poll. We tallied their votes, ranked the picks by popularity, and added them to a bracket. Now we argue about it and insult each other, all for your amusement. Want to play along at home? You can. Head to greatpopculturedebate.com and go to polls and brackets. There you'll find the downloadable listener brackets for this and every episode of our little show. Do your picks match up with ours? Do you think we're being mind-controlled by the Purple Man? Let us know by dropping a comment on this episode episode at our website or by yelling at us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And lastly, if you're curious about how we went for the top 32 down to the sweet 16, become a Patreon supporter of our podcast. Our Patreons at the $5 level or higher get exclusive access to the warm-up slash part ones for each episode in which we work our way through all of round one. It's like a whole bonus episode for each topic and includes arguments you will not hear anywhere else. And it's only one of our great Patreon perks, so consider supporting us on Patreon today. And with all of that out of the way, let's leave our secret layers and kick off these debates. First up, it's another unanimous decision in favor of ultimate number one seed Dr. Doom, who crushed five seed Red Skull under his armored boot. And that, kids, is why you should stay in evil medical school. It pays long-term dividends. (laughs) Also, don't be afraid to kick a Nazi. Absolutely. (laughs) They are pro-punching Nazis. Mm -hmm. Every Nazi. Amen. That is the message to take away from this. Next, two-seed Kingpin is currently set to win the election over three-seed Mysterio. Kevin, why does crime keep paying for Kingpin? Kara, dazzle us with your argument for Mysterio. I'm going to have Kevin go first. Kingpin is Trump. Um, 
And that's the easiest argument I can hear. <laughs> and scene. Yeah. And done. No, I mean, the thing about Kingpin is he's a megalomaniac who is power hungry, super. He's a lot stronger than Trump. I'll say that. Um, but that's from the weight training and he doesn't eat McDonald's for every meal. Um, no, he has an actual class. Life. He actually understands how to spend his money. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, here's the thing. Kingpin it, 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 so here's the thing about villains in in Marvel comics. A lot of the times, villains are more often than not relegated to one nemesis, right? Like you have your X villains, your Avengers villains, and there are a few who kind of overlap. Kingpin is a villain to everyone. And I think that's what makes him super interesting. He's Daredevil's, one of Daredevil's greatest villains. He's one of Spider-Man's greatest villains. And honestly, he terrorizes New York City on a daily basis. So any hero based in New York City, he's your villain. And, and I think what makes Kingpin truly terrifying is, is money. Like money and power. And, and honestly, he is probably the could be considered if he didn't have that like a street level like one of those superior foes of spider-man but he has that and he has the smarts to kind of outwit people which ultimately again makes him very dangerous you know again one of those things that i talked about he has transcended runs for both daredevil and spider-man and and i think he has been an uh, uh, an incredible villain to both like Again, one of their one of their strongest. I believe Kingpin, I talked about this in our round one, but Doc Ock, I believe, was either a founding member or the founder of the Sinister Six. Kingpin has also been behind that group. And again, he's also been behind, you know, terrorizing Daredevil and New York City. But really simply put, again, I'm gonna go back to this. Kingpin is Trump, and now he is the mayor of New York City and doing some pretty shitty things in the current run, but yet still in power as a mayor. And I, I think what his villainy shows is how the average everyday human can just be, be as much of a villain as a person who conquers and devours worlds just mm. in a different way. And I think that's why Kingpin is one of the greatest Marvel villains because of that. And one of the most interesting as well. Honestly, there is a dynamism that, Again, I hate to bring up Trump over and over again, that Trump wishes he had. Like, Kingpin mm -hmm. is entertaining. He's funny. Yes. He's charismatic. He's someone who, I don't know that you want to root, you don't want to root for him, but what makes him interesting is his intelligence yeah. and, and, and his ability to carry out a plan and to sometimes win. Again, he is the mayor of New York City yeah. right now. So in my opinion, that's a villain winning. Um, he is, I guess he's our current Eric Adams, if you will. Oh. <laughs> I will also and, say this. And honestly, I'd rather have Kingpin as the mayor than Eric Adams. Speak on it, yeah. A couple other differentiating factors from Trump. He can wear an ascot brilliantly. True. Yes. Oh, so and, good. and it was mentioned briefly that he's way more intelligent. Hair. Way so more intelligent. Yes. And he uses hands. that to his advantage. Yes, and, and very large hands. Um, I do want to pass it over to who's doing Mysterio. Is it Kara? Kara's doing Mysterio. Um, so imagine the most annoying drama geek, drama geek in high school. Ridiculous <laughs> powers. That is the heart of Mysterio. Like I'm right here, Kara. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that fishbowl off your head, Eric. We have work to do. Um, I mean, that's the drive. It's, you know, um, Mysterio like, in the current like cinematic version with Jake Gyllenhaal, heart eyes, insert heart eyes here. What you see a lot of that is like the the breadth of his power as far as how impressive it can be because all it's all these illusions and you know it's it it takes over entire cityscapes in Europe. But what you don't see in that that you do see in the cinema or in the comic universe is that he doesn't like he's not always go big or go home. It's whatever I can do to fuck with somebody to get my way and 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 break them as a human being. I'm gonna do because I'm like. It's it's been the the overarching you know immersive um, illusions, but he also like was senior abuse. Like he took over a nursing home. <laughs> you know, they had a common camera. Built the people out of their money. Like, it's just, you know, villain's got a villain. He's That's got right. a villain. How can you um, afford all those special effects? Exactly. I mean, he's and we've talked about the Sinister Six. He's one of the founding members. Like Doc Ock went knocked on his door. <laughs> Maybe it was Slim Pickens back then. Um, but got in there and we, we in the in the the um, Patreon version we t- I alluded to a little bit. It's not it, it is by no means a good arc, but it, it is just like one of those arcs of Derek because Daredevil is one of my favorites that I read the Kevin Smith um, Guardian Devil series, and it just stood out to me as such a fucked up thing to do, and that's why Mysterio always when I think of like good terrifying it's not good marvel villains terrifying marvel villains is that he impersonates karen page's doctor to convince her that she has aids and that the baby that has fallen into uh, matt murdoch's care is the reason she has aids and it's not like there's a reason like he's like oh you know like this baby like did something to you it's just like well that baby is the antichrist and that's why you have aids um and it's just like that is beyond fucked up i remember like rereading that like wait, what? Let's try. What? Why? Like, how did this happen? Um, and I think that's the, the, the core of Mysterio is that he's doing it to, to, to gain power to, you know, okay. He's been run out of Hollywood, but he wasn't successful. He wants to gain success. He wants to impress people. He needs an audience. He needs attention. Drama kid. Um, <laughs> he will do it like, you know, he's going to do it in whatever way gets him all of those things, especially attention. He would like people to notice that he's doing it to be seen as powerful, to be seen as menacing um, and to like dismantle someone from the inside out in the process. This is a very good argument. I have to say, when I first looked at this matchup, I thought it was a pretty open and shut case, but I think you've done a very good job advocating for Mysterio here. Uh, Brendan, I'm curious for your take. Where are you on this? Um, well, no, I think it actually is a wonderful take because, yeah, uh, I, I work in Hollywood. There's nothing scarier than the drama kid who just always wants attention. So, that again, very, <laughs> very compelling argument. That said, I, I'm kingpin through and through. Uh, yeah, to me, he's one of the most compelling and tragic villains also in Marvel because he has amassed so much and kind of ruined everyone else's life around him in the process. Um, I always think it's funny. I think the Trump comparisons are all there, but the one he always reminds me of also in other media is tony soprano it's oh, kingpin's yeah. marvel's answer to tony a really soprano comparison so yeah it's like he's super compelling you don't really sympathize or even definitely not root for him don't even barely sympathize but you always are fascinated by how his mind works how he does what he does and one of the metrics we talked about on the patreon episode about bring here he has been super successful across his, all of his appearances of yep. pulling off what he sets out to do and it's been very consistent Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I guess yeah. the other good comparison would be Succession. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's translated to other media as well. Because I mean, Vincent D'Onofrio and the Spider Verse. Uh, I think it was Liv Schreiber. Uh, yeah. Versions also super terrifying and intense villains. So yeah, Kingpin. Yeah, and even when he does fail, he's like the tub thumping of Marvel villains. Like he gets knocked down, but he's getting up. Again. Like <laughs> yeah. never count out the Kingpin. Yeah. So I think that is three for Kingpin, one for Mysterio. Kingpin advances to round three. Next up, one seed Loki currently has the majority of the votes over four seed Baron Zemo. I will speak on Loki, Brendan Storm Avengers Mansion, and Conquer for Zemo. I'm going to have Brendan go first. Absolutely. So again, for me, one of my kind of ways of viewing Zemo is, and I don't think he hasn't always been actually portrayed this way, but he's a little bit of the Lex Luthor of the Marvel universe of he's the villain who will recruit all the other villains to do what he wants them to do. I've always found that really fascinating about him. And so it's like, he's charismatic enough to pull it off. And again, he also has pulled a lot of it off, whether it was Avengers under siege or Thunderbolts, or he's just, he's got a long legacy of like really pulling off his always very evil schemes. He's not a guy who there's like, Oh, there's some sympathetic motives. Like, no, he is selfish as all. He is ultimately greedy and power hungry and is just going to do whatever it takes to get there and involve as many people to be his pawns as possible. Um, and I think both across comics and movies, he's done that pretty well. He also knows how to pull off purple and ermine better than almost anybody. And white fur. Yeah, seriously. It's a look. And yeah. he's, he's really serving it up. Um, thank you for that. So... For Loki, while he was not the ultimate number one seed in our pool, I think he's probably the most popular character on the list overall. Ever since Hiddleston portrayed him in that first Thor movie, he's been like the sooniest of all the Marvel villains. Mm -hmm. And he became a charming rogue and he even got his own spinoff show. So I think you can argue that does he necessarily qualify as a villain? I mean, up until, I don't know, probably Thor 2 where he became more of kind of like comedic relief. Loki is canonically always a villain. He's a trickster. Um, he's charismatic, but he's not bad, right? He's literally just drawn that way. He, he that, like, this is what he's <laughs> chaotic. He's chaotic. Yeah. You, you can't stay mad at him or her or that, that alligator, whichever Loki version you're talking about, because this is what Loki does. And Loki has been responsible for a great many, important story arcs in marvel loki mm -hmm. is the reason we have the avengers both in the films and in the comics he's the original one and he's been involved in the formation of multiple other avengers teams in addition to the original one so <clears throat> you could make the argument that loki is less a villain and more a, a again an agent of chaos but also a required component in the marvel universe to get things started he's like a catalyst mm -hmm. but I don't know. I would say as a villain, he hasn't had a ton of super successful gambits. That's one of my rubrics is like, what have they succeeded in? And Loki hasn't generally had long-term success pretty much anywhere. Even if he does win, he loses pretty quickly. What were you going to say? I want to say like, but sometimes you, you think you know what his goal is and maybe that's not the goal. It's just the chaos along the way. That's true. <laughs> that, is, that is true. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was it the, 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 the real treasure was the chaos along the way. Along the way. Exactly. <laughs> That's my basic gist for Loki. I will put it up to votes. Kara, where are you? I'm sticking with Loki. And Kevin. This is tough because you thinking your conversation piece, Eric, you talked about 
the MCU version of Loki a good bit. And I think what has happened to Loki, this is this is the both blessing and curse of the MCU, right? Someone who is is often deemed a, a villain becomes a fan favorite. I, I, I chalk it up to Mystique a little bit too, although mm-hmm. luckily, luckily the X movies did not ruin that character, especially with I, Jennifer Lawrence, who I think is terrible as Mystique. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but I don't blame her. I blame the writing um, because you've got someone who's so darn likable in the role. Uh, you know, it's hard to kind of make them like peak villain, right? Mm-hmm. Like an actual sure. legit sure. terrifying person. <sighs> Man, this is this is tough because I don't know that I've read Loki as a villain in the comics in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's a scamp. Yeah. He's a scamp in Young Avengers. Like he's but they're he's, all scamp. He's a shitster. Like they're all shit stirrers, though. That's the thing. Loki yeah, is even harder. Yeah, Loki is a messy bitch who lives for drama. I will tell you, the last time I can remember Loki being a legit villain was when Loki was a woman, and it was the lead up to Siege. And yes. first of all, mm. Loki mm, is a yeah. is a woman was fierce af amazing I, as yeah. gay as they come and i was aroused by that depiction she was <laughs> serving your honor and i need to see that version come back so that's the last time but the other thing is in the far future in the king thor mini that like wraps up aaron's thing like loki is fully crazy and he's like old school original loki and he's just out of his mind trying to kill thor um that's that's what i say there brendan you were gonna say something before i rudely cut you off oh no no all good I I think I am I think I'm going to switch to Baron Zemo and the reason I'm going to do that because I think at the end of the day Baron Zemo is a legit villain like he is yeah. a bad guy <laughs> and yeah. and and he really ultimate there's no there's no if ands or buts about that he's yeah. a bad guy and I mean, he I, formed I think- the masters of evil Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I I think I have to go with that. And I think his runs in the comics just show that a lot more uh, in a a really interesting way, too. Mm -hmm. He's a great villain. He's a great villain. So I think I'm going to switch. So, Carrick, I'm currently on Team Loki, but I feel like I argued myself out of voting for yeah, Loki. Yeah, no, I was thinking that, too, because I was thinking <laughs> of it like we talked about earlier with Devouring of Worlds, where it's just like, Loki is this force of nature, and you're like, hurricanes are bad, but they're not evil. Right. right. Just, he's <laughs> yeah. gonna, you know, Loki's gonna Loki, and you're gonna, you know, and it's, yeah, sometimes it's, it's gonna be funny and cute and charming, and sometimes it's really gonna mess things up, and it's gonna come across as evil, but... I don't know if that's the drive. I agree. I don't think he's deliberately trying to be malicious, at least not at this point. Back in the 60s and 70s, sure. But certainly not in the 21st century, Loki. Not yeah. since Siege, at least. So um, are you also switching your vocabulary? Are you keeping it with, with Loki? Yeah, I'm, I'm flip-flopping on this one. All right, well, then it's unanimous for Baron Zemo. Next in an Avengers-heavy matchup, three-quarters of the panel wants to say Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto, to three-seed Ultron. <laughs> but Kevin continues to see red for two-seed Scarlet Witch. I will up the adamantium on behalf of Ultron. Kevin, continue to work your magic for Scarlet Witch. I'll go first, since I never do. Um <laughs> I think that, uh, first of all, we need to set the spaderfication of Ultron and Avengers 2 off to the side. I think we can all agree that was 
choices were made. Um, <laughs> I like Age of Ultron. I like the movie I overall. Like yes. And I think Ultron is a legitimate threat in it, but the I the but the idea to turn him into a wisecracking yeah. robot is weird to me. That's my argument. It that movie for me, like where it fails is it just feels like a movie that has a lot of work to do. It is more about setting up other things than it is being a good movie. Sure. That's yeah, fair. That's fair. And that's true about a lot of the second Marvel movies, right? Yeah. That happens mm-hmm. with a lot of them. I mean, Iron Man 2 is perhaps the worst example. I, You know what? I kind of get it, though. You know why I get it? And sorry to go off on a tangent, because <laughs> and the difference is, obviously, the original Ultron was created by Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. And so he's obviously like an unapologetic cunt. No offense, dick, <laughs> asshole. All these, all the words, <laughs> oh, no, I think- yeah, I was I, as a woman on the panel. Like, I just want to say that out. Sorry, I have to say it. Oh, like, please keep it in. Keep it in. Because Hank Pym is one of the worst yeah. human beings yeah. ever. Um, and he's a real dipshit. He's sure the fucking worst. And, yeah, absolutely. And in the MCU, he's based on Tony. Right. So of course, his evil persona is wisecracking. You know, yep. like, and so he works because of that. Mm-hmm. I get any objections to it, but that's why ultimately, and that's Whedon, who obviously has his problems, <laughs> lots of them. But that's <laughs> him understanding the evolution of how comics to film work very well. Um, and I'm supposed to be arguing for Scarlet Witch. That's but okay. you were going first, Eric. We want to let you go first. That was actually a great argument for why it's okay to have him be a wise ass. And, and, yes. mm-hmm. and, and I actually appreciate it. But I'm going to talk to the, about the comic Ultron because that's really what I'm basing my decision on. Um, so as Kevin alluded to, initially he was created as a decoy villain so that Hank Pym could use him to get back at the graces of the Avengers, I believe, after he hit his wife. Correct. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. That sounds about right. The yep. worst. Yep. The worst. <laughs> yep. So Ultron then quickly evolved into an absurdly strong, very angry adversary who has plagued the Avengers with notable arcs in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Each time he showed up, he had Earth's Mightiest Heroes on the ropes, including the legendary Ultron Unleashed arc by Kurt Busiek mm-hmm. and the late great George Perez, where he became very close to killing the Avengers. Then Ultron found himself in space and very nearly took over the entire universe in Annihilation Conquest. And since then, he's come back numerous times, most recently being physically bonded to Hank Pym himself, which frankly is exactly what he always wanted to have that relationship with his father. So I I actually think Mm -hmm. of all of the characters on this list, Ultron got what he wanted. Like Mm -hmm. he won. Um, So that's my argument on Ultron. Uh, Kevin, take it away on Scarlet Witch. I mean, I'm not going to do much. I just, I want to talk about Scarlet Witch because I think it's worth mentioning her as a villain. Um, And and the reason I wanted to step up to have this conversation is is to clear up the internet misunderstanding of multiverse of madness. Um, and this is the danger of, of putting the, this material in the hands of people who don't understand a character. Um, people are like, why did she just go off the rails? Like, Oh my God, I don't understand it. And it's like, they took everything away from her. <laughs> like, and I get it. Like people don't understand why they went in that direction with the character, but Wanda in the comics is a, 
I, I have actually had to explain this to many friends who are like, I didn't like how dark, like how dark it went with her. And I'm like, in, in the comics, Wanda literally does destroys the mutants with right. wor- words mm-hmm. like three, no more mutants like yeah, she's not a feel-good character no no exactly and i've had to explain that to people time and time again and so I, I really just wanted to say like wanda is very similar to i would say we've talked about this in round one a little bit the versions of emma frost and 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 mystique and whatnot i mean again canonically she used to be the daughter of magneto she's technically not the daughter of magneto at the moment that'll probably come back um again we talked about that in round one but she's a complex female character in the marvel comics who is honestly more often a villain a lot of the times and is causing destruction murdering avengers she murdered hawkeye and vision and who else eric man she killed she fully yeah yeah Yeah. i mean she's not a legitimate always hero and i get why people found an affinity to her she was i think the first complex well-written female mcu character um, because we didn't get a ton from Black Widow, not or not enough. Yeah, and gays are gays are always rooting for chaos. So um, she's a cool character, but she's a villain. Now, granted, I'm going to throw my weight back to Ultron because I think Ultron <laughs> is bananas. But I had to talk about Wanda. I would. I would just jump in for just a quick second with that. And we touched on a little, like in the in the first round. You know, made the joke about like. If you're a mom, you'll get it better. Like, oh, totally. I think part of it, especially the cinematic version, and and with um with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, is that I think it's the same thing where some like there's a, a large portion of this fan base that is male, cisgendered, straight, and yeah. can't like you know not that moms would do that like if their kids you know because to wanda they're very real mm-hmm. and, like, you know kids were taken away but it's like that's an exaggeration of that feeling one one, one would feel mm-hmm. and yeah. i think it's kind of like in some other movies that have come out recently people are like well i don't get this it's not made mm-hmm. for me and it's like no step out of your experience for a moment and just try to you know like look at something else look at something you know another point of view and then try to like you know it's possible to relate to something that is you know female and feminine and the and and feminine rage mm-hmm. um versus just uh hulk hit things or you know blast right. everything out of existence mm-hmm. What if a woman's going to mess with you, she's going to fucking destroy you. Absolutely. (laughs) She'll pop your whole head. Sometimes we have to use our special voice. (laughs) (laughs) What I find so interesting is a lot of the reaction to Multiverse of Madness was, this is not who she is. She would never do this. And like, uh, that's not who this character is. And what's funny to me is I distinctly remember as a comic reader back when Avengers Disassembled came out in early 2000s where Wanda snaps because she's reminded that she had children. She'd Mm -hmm. literally been mind wiped. Mm -hmm. And when she was reminded because the wasp made some dumb offhand comment and like literally it reminds her in that moment, Oh my God, I had kids. She snaps and just starts murdering her teammates. Like, People back then were making the exact same argument. That's not who she is. That's not something she would do. That's not her character. And I'm like, 
No, canonically, that is very much her character. I think people confuse her being a powerful character with being a strong character. I think she's a very complicated character and a really nuanced character, but she is highly susceptible to outside influences, which makes her actually even more interesting to me because she has this tremendous power and yet she has really very little control over it. A couple of bad days and Wanda Maximoff can wipe a country off the planet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So this idea that it's, quote, not her or the other thing I heard was like, well, it completely undid all of the progress that we made in WandaVision. I was like, I don't know what WandaVision you watched, but the end of that show deliberately shows her like being disassociated from her body focused in the dark hold. She's clearly being manipulated by the dark hold even there in that last scene. I don't get how you're not understanding how you connect those dots. So correct. That's my soapbox on Wanda. Um, <laughs> I, I believe uh, Kara, are you voting for, are you voting for Wanda or are you voting for Ultron here? I put up against Ultron. I'm voting for Ultron and but, Brendan. Yeah. The exact same thing. Kara just said that. Yeah. Uh, I think you've made every, every good argument for why Scarlet, Witch is and should indeed be considered a villain, but it, Ultron is Ultron. Yep. Ultron is Ultron. And Kevin, you're also Ultron? I'm back to Ultron, baby. Back to Ultron. All right. In a many foes of Spider-Man showdown, it currently looks like one-seat Dr. Octopus is set to advance over five-seat Venom. I don't believe anyone is voting for Venom here, correct, Brendan? No. Kara? Dr. Octopus. Uh, Kevin? Doc Ock, baby. Okay, so I will just say this on Venom, um, and this is one of those things where... In the 80s, Venom was terrifying when he was first introduced, like those early mm-hmm. 300s issues of Amazing with Michelin and Farlane. They made him a very real threat to Peter. And had Marvel not decided to turn him into an anti-hero, I think he'd be going yep. much deeper into this bracket. Um, yep. Carnage got bounced in round one. And yep. my thought then was like, Carnage was existed to take the villain role from Venom. And I think ultimately it weakened Venom for sure. I yep. just don't find him an interesting character anymore. Like he doesn't make sense to me as a character. Agreed. I Agreed. He's successful because he has movies, but like as a as a, a character, I I can't tell you what Venom is for or against. Honestly, um, at this point, no, no offense to you, he's for straight men who who have no. I don't know. Like he's for straight men who think that it's cool to like venom like i don't know like that's, he's, that's yeah. what it is it's for the 13 year old boy who's cops yes he's the 13 year old boy inside your logo in your car if you were a little more like art school version of the guy who would be a cop then oh it was like God. i'll just yes. get the venom uh like across my back windshield instead it, that exactly. was like the kind of like creepy kid who was really good at art in my school had the Venom t-shirts. That is yes. a very specific um, example, but and very accurate. Yeah. So that being said, goodbye, Venom. Uh, in our next matchup, the Sisterhood of Evil Mutants are doing it for themselves. And <laughs> three quarters of the panel is currently, <laughs> is currently planning to move forward with two seed Mystique. But Kevin wants to remain under the control of three-seed Dark Phoenix. Kara, why does Mystique get under your skin so much? Kevin, bring the fire for Dark Phoenix. I'm going to have Kevin go first because we haven't discussed Dark Phoenix yet. Dark Phoenix, the influence of Dark Phoenix has destroyed planets, um, has overtaken Jean Grey uh, through manipulated forms with the Hellfire Club, uh, has... 
um, also possessed five X-Men and uh, forced Cyclops to murder Professor Xavier. Spoiler alert, although he's back <laughs> alive. Um, a- a- and the the being that is the Phoenix, I-, I guess the thing is, is like the Phoenix has what? two Obviously two sides. Like the Phoenix is currently in Echo, which is weird to me. Dumb, in Avengers. Stupid, it's, I didn't it's even know that. Oh, God. It's so bad. It doesn't work. No, that um, no. Doesn't work. Um, but I, I think when you think of, in my opinion, when you think of the Phoenix, it it it, it is that kind of version of Galactus. But in all honesty, like the Dark Phoenix is scarier than Galactus because it's it, it's essentially more chaotic than Galactus um, and causing terror across multiple worlds multiple galaxies multiple universes honestly and and is just a presence that is pure evil um and again more likely than not connected to jean gray um but also connected to others and clearly can be hosted by others uh again with the five mutants who the dark phoenix hosted were cyclops magic emma frost namor and magneto colossus colossus okay um and 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 again was uh was the uh overarching um story and that was avengers versus x-men right Mm -hmm. yeah yep yeah which was terrible but still Mm -hmm. still terrifying because again they can bring about the destruction of worlds and planets and and for me that trump like that trumps the mystique of it all although i do think mystique is still a great villain and i i can be swayed here but i think destroying the planet is 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 pretty pretty goddamn scary so here's where i will interject before i let kara talk about mystique when i was looking at dark dark phoenix i was specifically considering red and gold jean gray version ah okay that's why i was curious yeah yeah not looking at phoenix overall as an entity personally and and that's That's fair your mileage may vary and someone else will be like no i'm looking at phoenix as an inclusive entity because i do think i mean the the actual like intricacies over what did gene do what did the phoenix do are still a little Mm. bit muddy um but the phoenix as an entity surely did anything involving the phoenix right like the phoenix there's one phoenix there's not more than one phoenix yeah right so i just for me and my decision making i'll just make this very clear i was looking at the character that appears after gene gray quote unquote dies in the space shuttle Mm -hmm. is submerged in the hudson bay yeah till 137 and then gets quote unquote killed yes that's just the way i look at it um okay yeah i I couldn't look at it that way just because it expands the history but that was me Sure. And that's, it's unclear. So that's entirely relevant. Uh, Kara, what's your argument for Mystique? Um, Mystique is another character who uh, we talked about in, in, in round one, who there's, there's no holds barred. She has a mission that she's going to do. And I would say her way to get in and get it, what she wants is so subversive. And so again, I think sometimes like, you know, in, Villains are bad in ways that they destroy things physically, and she can destroy things physically. Let me don't let me um, say that she's not physically destructive, but that she uses her ability shapeshift to manipulate people 
and to do it without them knowing it's you know some there's a saying like you know one of the creepiest saying is like a stranger wearing a mask that looks like your friend you know that where something's just a little bit off but there's nothing off when she shapeshifts there's nothing to to clue in you know, or very little to clue you in that it's not the person you thought it was and you know it can be someone you're passing on the street but it can also be like the person you're in a relationship with or someone you trust and to break that kind you know to 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 break into that and to take advantage of that to you know to get to your end goal and then also like you know we're going to reuse the phrase do that and also like while you're in there like while i'm in this person i'm really gonna fuck around a bit like you know and and and, and leave a mess for the person who act for the actual person that she's you know taken over the identity of like the ultimate identity theft um mm-hmm. and just leaving chaos in her wake um so, so she has that that streak of cruelty to her um that you just so yeah you don't know who to tr- if she's involved you don't know who to trust you don't know um how long this is going on or like you know what, who you're talking to and i feel like that kind of like and and for her there's no qualms about this she's never like oh was that oh you know like with emma frost there was kind of a moral code there's no moral code nope. you know she like she it's 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 fun for her um to 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 have this level of cruelty in that and like she's so just such a bitch to her kids which i love yeah. like yeah she kills what she go what goes back or goes forward in time to kill one no back Graydon, in time she's, she's killed as you say at least two i think at this yeah. point yeah. yeah no she she just doesn't opposite of scarlet witch terrible yes. yeah <laughs> well it goes back to it she will get what she want and yep. she's gonna have some fun and just like really leave a pale a trail of pain behind her because she's someone who has experienced so much pain that yeah. part of her dealing with that is i'm gonna exact that on other people who i believe mm-hmm. in this. agreed yeah uh bren where are you on this one uh i I'm with Mystique. One, I think it's funny. It's like, so far, Mystique hasn't technically destroyed the world, but I do give her credit for the whole horrible future for mutants in, mm-hmm. way back in Days of Future Past. So I'm like, there. she's gotten pretty close. And I feel like every every X-Men story, could, I feel like there's always that possibility. If she's there, it's like, this could end with Mystique like being the one who pulls the final backstabbing, underhanded move that like just kills everyone. Like She has that kind of possibility. Um, also, for because I viewed Dark Phoenix the same way as you, partially because I hated that Avengers version x-men book but also um yeah i viewed it that way really just like the version that we got in uncanny way back when and to me she is absolutely a villain but we're also still kind of seeing more of a hero on their worst day like every possible terrible thing so it's like she she was absolutely a villain for every one of her actions but she was also still gene at least in my head a little bit so mystique and Mystique too also had the thing like if you're reading an issue with her in it and you're like okay I see where this is going this is kind of wrapped up and then you get to that you turn the page it's the last <laughs> yeah. panel and it's like oh no fuck that person was Mystique exactly like, oh, we're just so getting good. started yeah it's I mean true. The, every time the Phoenix is involved chaos is, ensues but I'll give it to y'all it's fine <laughs> Thank you. I don't agree per se, <laughs> about your interpretation of the Dark Phoenix being only the like 1970s interpretation of Dark Phoenix, but that's that's the way y'all read it. We need to have an <laughs> asterisk. We need to have, for some of we the do. Yeah. 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 We probably should have specified because yeah. I don't think that that is just. I don't think that Dark Phoenix is just Dark Phoenix from uh, that comic. Oh, I totally get I your can. point. I think your point is completely valid. It just hadn't been in my like 
pre-show judgment. I, what I'm saying is we have invalidated this whole episode. Yes. Let's just scrap it. Yeah. Let's just start done. over. Done. We're done. Wrap yeah. it up. Yeah. <laughs> An- annihilate, annihilate it like the broccoli people on that planet. Um, <laughs> I do wonder, like, if we do look at Phoenix more broadly, has the Phoenix done anything as awful on panel that she did in that 1970s story? Has she murdered Xavier? But did she cause Cyclops to do that? Because Cyclops was already pretty crazy at that point. Mm -hmm. Like he was fully bugging. Can you? I have a potential. Phoenix. Phoenix inhabits your brain and causes you to like push you over the edge. I have a question. Can we blame the Phoenix Force for making Hollywood twice try to adapt it and just crash and burn the franchise? (laughs) Yes, I think we can. And from that perspective. I actually almost give it to Phoenix. Exactly. Um, no, I'm, I'm tempted now. Um, hmm. M- uh, Mystique it is. I will also say this about Mystique. And actually, if it is going to advance, I'll save my argument to the next round. So uh, Mystique it is. Next up, it looks like another unanimous victory for one seed Magneto, this time over four seed Galactus. He can devour worlds, but not our hearts. Mm. And finally, in round two, the majority of the panel is currently picking two-seed Thanos over three-seed Norman Osborn. Kara, tell us why we are just mad about Thanos. Kevin, launch a secret invasion in support of Norman. I'll have Kara go first. Thanos, well, what I think is most dangerous about Thanos and what makes him such a compelling villain for me is not only the, like, again, a lot of these villains are, are have this drive to, like, you know, I'm going to get to... I have a goal. I have this thing I'm going to do. And it's all I can think about. And Thanos is the one who I feel like it never occurs to him that he is wrong. Like it's, mm-hmm. a, it, that is banished. It's like he, and he's making these judgments for, you know, in some cases, the entire cosmos. And it's, it's never, it's not like it, he doesn't see it as his opinion. It's just, this is fact. And if you are against him, you just don't understand. And he doesn't care that you don't understand because he's doing this for your own good. And that kind of like placate or like that idea of being above everything else. And that, you know, that this kind of like faux guardian um, energy to him where, you know, he believes he's doing, he's being, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, he uh, thinks he's actually well. being like a father figure. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a father figure. He's being, I can't, I'm, I can't even blame COVID brain. Parochial? Is that but, what you're oh, thinking? Benevolent. Ah. Mm-hmm. Benevolent. Yeah. He's like, you know, I'm going to take care of this for you. You, It's going to be so much better. And you're like, no, actually, please don't. And it's like, you don't, you know, I'm just doing it. And then that in turn, when people, you know, when, when there are heroes and stuff powerful enough to threaten that, then that's why he comes absolutely unhinged like the rain of fire like anything you know he's gonna do anything to destroy those people because he's driven like we talked about emma frost having a moral code and i was like i don't know if he has a moral code but he he believes he's doing it for the right reason mm-hmm. even though there's absolutely no one else who feels that way <laughs> i think he has a moral you know code. doesn't have a moral code norman osborne that is a fair point that is true uh Karen, you gonna, did you have anything else to say Karen, no, I was that's like overall yeah and, and he's powerful enough to do it which I, i'm not to kind of defend off or norman osborne right now like thanos would just curb stop norman osborne one gets the other yeah sure uh so you were gonna say kevin yeah, Norman Osborn is, in my opinion, one of the most eviscerating Marvel villains 
in my opinion. I have no, I'll be honest, I knew who, I remember this. I'm, I'm going to say that I remember when the Avengers movie ended and it cut to Thanos. I knew it was Thanos who was like glimpsed at in the movie. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't care. I knew who he was and I knew a lot of people who didn't. I just have no affinity for him as a villain. I've never read an interest for me. I've never even I've read all the different stories. I've just never found him interesting or compelling personally. And I and maybe I'm not reading it right or whatnot. I just don't care about him and I don't think he's interesting to me. What I will say about Norman Osborne is talk about peak terrible villain like he is the person who caused peter parker to fling his web and kill gwen stacy he is the person who started the dark avengers whether you like them or not or like that bendis run but he essentially convinced the world that the avengers were villains and that he and his folks were good while underhandedly running a villain league of things he is just a crazy person who's willing to murder and do anything and talk about someone who has no qualms what you talk about thanos being someone who like thinks he's like doing right by things and ultimately doing bad to potentially do good norman osborne doesn't care about doing good he just wants to be in power have power and and really murder and kill and maim whoever he can in the waste of it and and to have that ultimate power um and and is also a genius um while doing it it he is for me one of the most frightening marvel villains of all time and in all honesty like i think he's genuinely a dangerous person and when i alluded to in part one i think i said mysterio is probably one of the wild wildest green goblin i think is spider-man's arch nemesis sure whatever form Mm -hmm. he takes whether it's norman harry whoever and, and 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 I, I think what makes him scary is he then again transcends to other teams, the Avengers, et cetera, and it just wants power and to take over. Um, in my opinion, he's a little bit of a, a wants to be Dr. Doom, just not quite there yet. I can see that. I can see mm-hmm. that. Brent, where are you on this one? Uh, I th- agree with a lot of Kevin's points on Norman. This is similar to me of the Scarlet Witch Ultron thing of, I actually do, I think he is, he is the peak with the exception of maybe Doc Ock, I would say, but he is otherwise like pretty much like the arch nemesis of Spidey. And I didn't love the execution and everything, but I liked the idea in the 2000s when Bendis started branching him out to really be an Avengers foe. I thought that was a really, that was a smart idea that made sense. That said, I have always loved Thanos and kind of like what Kara said, it's like, Thanos is Thanos. Thanos can wipe out half the universe by snapping his fingers. Thanos can, you know, Thanos can do whatever he wishes. So, and going back to one other of my rubrics, or actually both my rubrics, success-wise, Thanos actually achieves what he sets out to do in both comics and in film. And the other thing is, one of the things I kept going everybody about is, because I was thinking more comics than other media, Thanos is a villain who can only exist in comic books. Norman Osborn exists in movies all over the place, like variations, some not were a lot, not nearly as good or as compelling, but like you've seen other types of characters like that. Thanos, I feel like from design to motives to everything about him, he feels like a uniquely comic book type of villain. So I'm Thanos. 
Brandon, you watch in movies where people throw uh, exploding pumpkins at people? Oh my God. Do you want my, uh, I have a letterbox just about that. It's at least about like 12 films long. I would hope so. Apparently. (laughs) Uh, I think um, your mileage on this one depends a lot on whether or not you read the comics and saw what happened with Norman Osborn in the like mid to 2000s, like mid 2010s, because it's true. Like they really did reestablish him as a, a preeminent Marvel villain. Not only was he, I mean, he was Spider-Man's star enemy for years, then he got killed, then he came back in a very confusing situation. But when they decided to branch him out to become essentially the Lex Luthor of the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. that's yeah. how I view him. Yeah, yep. It really worked. And at first I was like, this is wacky. Like, wh- who came up with this? But it's actually very successful. And um, not only did he create the Dark Avengers, he had like immensely powerful beings under his thumbs Mm -hmm. and was a real threat like for reality at one point Mm -hmm. so he is what'd you say i was gonna just throw out he did it all of course you know by stealing a few pages out of baron zemo's notebook absolutely (laughs) that is true because the dark avengers essentially were just the next generation of the thunderbolts Whereas with with I understand where Kevin's coming to him from in terms of Thanos being not super interesting as a character, and also the other thing that I have that's against Thanos is that like my God Marvel like how can we miss you if you never go away? Marvel <laughs> brings that character back every yeah. five minutes, and when the new Eternals book by uh, Gillen started, and I saw right off the bat they were bringing in Thanos. I was like, Jesus Christ, no! He's just please. so boring. But- well, and then he's so. This is I'm. Kind of, I don't know if that'll change my vote, but I was thinking about this um, during the argument that I think it depends also like what you look for in Marvel. And one thing that I think Marvel does really well and differentiates from like DC is that a lot of the heroes are human born, human made. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's where they get their start and then rise up. Like, you know, they've done a much better job of humanizing folks. Sure. Um, so yeah. you can relate to them. And so Norman Osborn with, he, you know, with his Genesis and, and having those very human flaws versus Thanos, who's so like otherworldly and just like on a different plane of existence that I can totally see. I can, you know, I can see it's hard to pick one or it's hard to compare them. It is. I guess. It is. Sorry, yeah, I just want to jump in. I will say, for me, Thanos is one of the most successful otherworldly characters. And again, I'm coming from a place of finding him interesting. So this, your everyone's mileage may vary. Yeah, but he is to me. They have. Marvel has a lot of characters who, to me, fall in the kind of Magneto kind of or Killmonger realm of the this guy kind of has a valid point, but is going about it horribly wrong. And then they have a lot of like you were saying, like otherworldly kind of crazy, more conceptual cosmic kind of threats. To me, Thanos marries those two, whether it is his crazy lust for like, I'm doing this for my passion for death, which is just such a great, weird visual drive or the cinematic. I'm doing this because I think I'm honestly making the right choice for the universe. I feel like it is like, oh, there's some kind of like interesting, you believe in yourself, but you're wrong. Kind of like what you said originally, Kara, of like the, marrying that a human motivation with a cosmic image and power. Yeah. And I mean, lest we forget, Thanos was right. Like, honestly, like he's not <laughs> incorrect when he's like, we overpopulation is a real problem. Yeah. Spay yeah. and neuter your pets. Mm-hmm. Can I, ask a, can I ask a question to the to the group? And and Brendan, I know you have an affinity for Thanos, mm-hmm. and, and I don't, I don't, I I appreciate that, and I don't, but like most people, even comic fans, before Thanos entered the MCU, didn't really talk about Thanos 
Like they like he wasn't at least in my comic circles, like even though he did a lot did and was part of a lot of big stories, you know, like they talked about what happened in those stories, not necessarily Thanos himself. Uh, in the in uh, my opinion. I was going to say from I can speak from my yeah, comic book Infinity circles. Gauntlet. Yeah. Infinity Gauntlet was I was going to say the big one because I feel like maybe it's just a generational thing. I worked at a comic shop a few years after that came out. So Infinity Gauntlet was always raised. I think there absolutely has been a diminishing returns on Thanos. Cause like Eric said, he's been overused. But to me, Infinity Gauntlet still always kind of got referenced as like, oh, yeah, unequivocal classic. That's the great Thanos story. Yeah. I I will I also say, though, true. that he is actually very good in the current Eternals run, even though I was mm-hmm. bemoaning him being in there. He's really good. And Kara mentioned earlier, like, she is not sure if if he has a moral code. Thanos has a moral code the way that Hannibal Lecter has a moral code. Mm-hmm. He Agreed. does not believe that he is, like, you, we are not his peers. He's yeah. on a completely different plane of existence. And he looks at us the way that, like, we look at cattle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so his is a moral code that fits in with that level of reality, but it's not like we're not at his level. So I actually do think he's a very interesting character. I think he has been overused. I do think well, he's just so overpowered into like in that you're talking about to have him there right off the bat. Yeah. It sets up the like the, the, the stature of the confrontation instead of building up. You're just starting at the top. Right. Agreed. And then where do we go from here? I will let it go. I just personally think Thanos is boring, but that's me. <laughs> and that's fine. And, yeah. and I, I think that's a, a completely valid point. We are going to move him along to round three, and that is it for round two. We're going to take a quick break to conquer the dark dimension. We'll be right back after these messages. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And we're back for round three of our best Marvel villain debate. During the break, one of our panelists was secretly replaced by the immensely powerful cosmic avatar of her birth. Let's see if anyone notices. But before that, (laughs) I want to ask my panel, how can people find you on social media? Brendan? Uh, I am on Twitter at at B underscore Hey. Um, And can I do my quick plug here? You sure can. Excellent. Uh, Next year on uh, in 2023, uh, the series I'm currently uh, EPing Gremlin Secrets of the Mogwai will be on HBO Max. Uh, Please look for it. It's super fun. If you love uh, comic books and crazy comic book-esque storylines and action and horror and heart, uh, we got all that stuff. So it's fun. Gremlin Secrets of the Mogwai. And right now, if you want a totally different type of comic book uh, cartoon, uh, I ran a show called Harvey Street. Uh, sorry, Harvey Street Kids, also known as Harvey Girls Forever. It depends on where you live and where, what your Netflix says. But Harvey Girls Forever here in America, um, based on the old Harvey Comics characters, it still remains the comedy I've worked on that I'm probably proudest of. Uh, super sweet, super funny. Uh, it's like 30 Rock for Kids. Go and enjoy. Awesome. Thank you. Kara, uh, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at CMYKara. Um, and then the only thing I'm plugging is that I am starting a little free library. So if you're in Rochester, Ooh. New York, or if you just want to follow along as I paint this thing, get off the ground uh, on Facebook and on Instagram, it's at neighborhood trolley, LFL, all one word. 
um follow along get book recommendations and just otherwise interact on this very nerdy venture (laughs) i love that are you gonna put comic books in there oh absolutely yeah absolutely perfect uh because reading is what fundamental Fundamental. thank you kevin how about you uh you can find me on only i mean uh twitter at (laughs) et kevin's mind um i tweet if you follow me you might get some likes of pictures that do appear on OnlyFans. so Mm -hmm. enjoy enjoy indeed and you can find me at eric resniak on twitter and instagram or just message the at great pop culture debate account on insta or at culture underscore debate on twitter we also have god help us at a tiktok so follow at great pop culture <laughs> debate on there for our hot takes on music tv and film uh now let's move on to round three before the beyonder teleports us all to battle worlds <laughs> i'd like to take a step back and look at our elite eight just to see how it ended up we have dr doom versus kingpin baron zemo versus ultron dr octopus versus mystique magneto versus thanos i think it's a pretty solid elite eight mm-hmm. i gotta say yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not mad about that at all. I no. can go through and figure out like which uh, villains have the most, or which like franchises have the most representation. Uh, it's pretty well sp- it's spread pretty out. Well, yeah. yeah, there's Spider-Man, yeah. there's FF, Avengers, X-Men. Yeah, it's good. It's it's yeah. the big dogs. Yeah. Um, all right, let's all, go to the all male. I'm noticing though. Uh, Mystique. Mystique. Oh, I thought I was, I was looking at the wrong thing. Never mind. Never mind. I mean, <laughs> she could be a male depending on what day she yes. is. You know, she that's true. Don't. Right. Uh, producer, take that out. Never mind. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, let's go. Doctor Doom versus Kingpin. We're gonna go around the horn. I'm gonna start with Brandon. Um. Okay. Uh, I think I'm gonna probably lose this, but I'm going Kingpin. I love Doom is great. Also. But uh, this is partially one of those. I, I doom. It's funny. My biggest knock on Doom is I actually always. I'm always would rather see like a what we do in the shadows take on his life than him as a villain. <laughs> oh my! I God. find him inherently compelling, yes. but I want to know more of just like his daily life. Like I'm fascinated by the details about him more than ever his evil plots. Whereas, as I said earlier, to me, Kingpin is Marvel Universe's Tony Soprano. That would be hilarious. The Can that be your next project? I, from your mouth to Marvel's ears. <laughs> <laughs> at, at Kevin Feige. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Kara, where are you? Yeah. Um, I'm with Brendan on this one. Like, in talking about Kingpin, and again, like, in just the previous conversation we had about, like, um, villains that have a, a human st- of more... Like humans, they go with a human start, but, like, he's maintained that. Like, he's still... He's just a person. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a big person with big hands and what and connections, but it's like it's a Tony Soprano thing. It's someone who could exist in real life, and maybe that's extra terrifying. And we've kind of experienced the dumb version of that, like the bizarre version <laughs> of that. You know, and we know how those scary though. You know, that continues to be. It's pretty terrifying. Seriously, yeah. I th- it, there's some, and with Kingpin too. Like I think Kingpin, Kingpin is scariest when he's not physical because mm-hmm. he can yeah. bust things up. But the fact, like, there's some, he's just that unnerving. I'm going to go Star Wars again. Like, that Darth Vader, like, when he's real quiet and you're like, oh, fuck, am I going to get choked out? But that, that <laughs> moment, that, 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 that time between what happens, mm-hmm. I think your heart stops. Um, and he's, again, all the other great qualities, villain, you know, villain wise, he's ruthless, he's conniving, he's driven. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Kingpin. Though if we get if it'll get us the what we do in the shadows version of Doctor Doom, I will switch my vote. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kevin. that's a, a perfect concept. It is uh, Doctor Doom. 
Yeah, I'm with Doom as well. I think you guys make really good arguments for Kingpin. Um, I don't, uh, we always have something that happens here on Great Pop Culture Debate with the pepperoni argument, where it has to advance because it's pepperoni, which is our best. (laughs) Yep. And I think Dr. Doom is our pepperoni this time, but Dr. Doom has earned being pepperoni. He's, Um, I mean, he is Doom. I get it. He is. Yeah, it's in the name. Yeah. Like, he typically, when you're talking these grand universe like marvel universe spanning crossovers who is always the one who is in the mix at the end Mm -hmm. it's dr doom because he's brilliant and he's cunning and that fool richards will not get (laughs) out of his way and let him let just rule as he knows he is he deserves and i feel um, like he was the first one to make it to the trademark office to register as a super villain name like, just, oh, yeah. <laughs> <I agree. laughs> absolutely a business fish that's what i want to say about that um so <laughs> it's currently tied i know that dr doom is our ultimate number one seed so he would move on to the next round but you guys made excellent arguments for Kingpin. Next up, it's Baron Zemo versus Ultron. I'm going to start. Kevin, where are you on here? I'm going Ultron for this um, because for me, Ultron is genuinely almost unbeatable in many ways and terrifying. Like age of the the Ultron version of comic, the Ultron in comics is obviously very different from the Ultron in movies. And for me, the Ultron in comics is ultimately like Sentinels. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. They're unbeatable. The persona is unbeatable and sometimes essentially takes over the whole world slash universe and, and causes the ultimate destruction of heroes. Mm-hmm. And you got a bit of that if you're an MCU fan in the What If for season one. You got yes. to see mm-hmm. uh, like what mm-hmm. happened if Ultron won, and it was pretty fucking ap- apocalyptic. That is the actual Age of Apocalypse storyline from the comics that they put mm-hmm. on the screen. Uh, yep. Kara, where are you on this one? I'm um, sticking with Ultron, and then just adding to that what we discussed as far as in the end in the comics, he got what he wanted. So mm-hmm. yep, he's got a he's got a W in his column. Big exactly. time. And Brendan? Yeah, I mean, I know I've been the Baron Zemo stan, and I am the Baron Zemo stan, but I'm Ultron on this. Uh, again, he, he's got the wins. He's he's genuinely unsettling. Agreed. I'm also going to go for Ultron, so we're making it uh, unanimous. Next up, Dr. Octopus versus Mystique. I'm going to start in the middle with Kara. Where are you on this one? Oh, this one's hard. And after I called you out when I didn't realize Mystique made it, I feel like I have to vote. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have to move her forward. This one's tough because uh, Mystique is more conniving. I think again, it's that whole like identity theft. Like you don't know who you're dealing with versus Doctor Octopus, who's not at all like you know he's not tr- trying to make you think he's anything other than what he is. Um, but what he is and 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 his drive is is terrifying in its own right. But, oh, this is hard. It's hard when it's the two you've been stumping for yep. all along the path. Yep. You can't make me choose between my two babies. <laughs> I can. I can. Because oh. I, too, am a Throw them out with the bathwater. Yeah. <laughs> drown, or just drown the sun in the East River, you know? Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> um, you know what? I, I am going to stick with Mystique. Okay. Only because I think what she can do is far more unsettling. And again, it's like with the Kingpin thing, that whole, like that quiet where you don't know what's going to happen. And I think that villains who operate in the shadows are very terrifying. Like to, 
to be in you know the to be on the street when doc ock is fighting spider-man would be like traumatic yeah um but mystique when she gets you it's a personal trauma like yeah. it's targeted sure yeah. that's and a that's point. really unsettling that's yeah. a great point uh kevin where are you on this one i'm gonna go doc ock okay bren uh, i'm going mystique uh i basically try i i love I actually am totally in favor of both. I think they both deserve to be here, but I would want to read, I'm more excited to read a mystique story because you have no clue where it's going. And I think that's one of the thrilling, terrifying aspects of her. Mm -hmm. It's a good point. Um, Here's one of the things that I, I, if again, your mileage will vary if you don't read the comics, because one of the things we've been talking about with mystique is the terror of identity theft. One of doc Ox now, absolutely defining story mm. is the superior yep. spider-man true. run Very true. I was just gonna bring it up where That's true. doc ock and i won't go into the how it happened but <coughs> actually takes over the body of peter parker and for i want to say it went on for several years like it was in, a in, long time yeah like, longer than you think like at least two years of the comics <laughs> yeah like and was literally everyone thought that he was peter parker in the comics mm-hmm. for like mm-hmm. a long time he was on the avengers doc ock as peter parker and um he was successful and he did things that peter like after the fact was like i could have done this and i never did this and like someone else in my body has achieved all he started this incredibly successful company he uh, maximized spider-man's powers in a way that like peter could never and like it was not done out of malice it was done because doc ock was dying and it was like a last bit gambit to keep him alive and he succeeded and it was really compelling storytelling. I know it's divisive in a lot of ways, but like I thought it was very good and, and, and revitalized both Doc Ock as a character and Spider-Man. I think it was mm-hmm. very successful. Yeah, that's so, a fair point. Um, I, I think it's like- unsettling, but I think it's also like he was driven by like, you know, a very human fear of mort- your own mortality. Sure. Versus Mystique, who's like, I'm just going to fuck with you. I'm going to take the briefcase off the desk I need, but I'm going to really mess with you. Like I'm going to, you know, if I'm, if I'm, uh, if I'm in the body of your spouse, I'm going to say something I know is hurtful on the way out and then <laughs> cause chaos in my wake. You were saying something, Kevin, about how that's not always mystique. It's not always, I mean, it's not always mystique. Mystique is a good guy sometimes. Yeah, he's a, a good guy. Doc Ock is rarely a good person. What I find interesting about Mystique and we haven't touched upon is her relationships with both Rogue and with Destiny are very humanizing for her. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like we talked about mm-hmm. how much she hates her actual children, but her adopted. lesbian life partner and her adopted child, like she is fiercely protective of That's both true. of them, which I think is actually... Um, like I said, it's very humanizing for her in a way that um, Doc Ock lacks that humanizing. He did have, I feel like, did his daughter become a Dr. Octopus at some point? I can't remember. Some, there was a female Doc Ock at some point, I feel like in the late 90s, but I don't remember the Agreed. exact thing. Agreed. Um, Can I do a, a little aside that's kind of funny, yes, at least to me? of course. Is that, so a lot in the kids, one of the kids' versions of Spider-Man right now, like the Spidey friends. Oh, yeah. Doc Ock is, they gender-swapped. And so that is all my kid has been exposed to. So then when he watched a trailer for like the current Spider-Man movies, he's like, that's not right. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, Doc Ock isn't a guy. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're making progress here <laughs> in little bits. Yeah. 
and in yeah. the Spider-Verse films, he's, the Spider-verse, he's is also a woman. Yep. Yeah. Voiced yeah. by Katherine Hahn. I mean, come oh, on. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So I think it's currently two for Doc Ock, two for Mystique, correct? Yeah. Doc Ock is a one seed, Mystique is a two seed. It I'm will okay lead with us that. Yeah, I am too. I was on the fence yeah. of changing my vote anyway, so you guys made enough of a compelling argument with the superior foes. It does lead us to a sausage fest, but I will say one other thing. <laughs> It does give us a Spider-Man foe in the final four, which I think is yeah. important. It's mm-hmm. a sausage and tentacle fest. Exactly. Surf and turf, if you will. If you want to hear the rest of the episode, you need to go to our OnlyFans. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> shit. All right. Last up, it's Magneto versus Thanos. I'm going to start with Bren. Um... Okay, these are like probably well again with Kingpin on the other side. These are probably my three favorite villains in the Marvel universe. Uh, any other day, I mean, I could go Magneto. His his the fact that he keeps his hair looking that good alone under his helmet, uh, totally a vote in his yes. corner. Give us um, secrets, Magneto, because if I wear a hat, it's a daily yeah, commitment. Yeah, hundred percent. But because what I love about Magneto is he's the villain any of us can become. It's like if we just keep mm. like I love that on him. Thanos, like I said, my thing on Thanos is he can only exist in comics. Like I just feel like he's such a when you think comic book villain, he is the larger than life yet still compelling in sense of motivation and character that you want to keep going with. Um, also, he has corrupted my children in the sense that one of my kids uh, loves the Thanos toy so much they're like, he's not really that bad. Like, they're trying to justify it that he could be a good guy. So, Thanos does corrupt the children in ways Magneto uh, maybe does not. Um, that said, um, it's funny. I have Thanos going, but now I'm almost tempting myself more towards Magneto because Kingpin's out, right? It's Doom on the other Kingpin side. Kingpin's out, correct. Yeah, we do need an X villain. You know what? I am going to flop it. I'm going to flop. I was Thanos on my little pre thing. I'm going Magneto. All right, Kara. Magneto. Um, uh, one thing, or in comparison to Thanos, where Magneto really excels, is that Thanos is often, especially like in Trinity Gauntlet and stuff, like on his own because he's at he's. Above it, you know, like you said, he's he's on, exists on a different pl- uh, plane of existence where you know he's the alpha figure and everyone else is bugs. But Magneto sees brethren in the other mutants and is incredibly good at getting uh, getting people to follow him. And there's a strength in that. Mm-hmm. And Magneto also because his argument, you know, for everything he does is basically like, given the opportunity, humanity will just destroy anything that's different. And, and he's, where's the lie? Exactly. Yeah, no, he, he ain't wrong. He's not wrong. And what makes him a, a villain, you know, he's instead of some other. Yes, that's true. And instead of like a hero who will fight to stop that, he's going to use the same, like has the same, willing to go to the same length the, that that the enemies are, like or his enemies are, like the you know the Nazis. He's like, well, we'll just get rid of them all. <laughs> like that's so we'll get them first. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. where his like you know, and so it's a, driven by an idea to protect, kind of like Emma Frost, but it's not just the the goal to protect it's protect and eliminate the threat in the future. And I think that's given his personal background of being Absolutely. a Holocaust mm-hmm. survivor yep. has yep. forged him in a way that like Emma got bullied in private school. It's not the same yeah. thing. No, no, right. <laughs> I'm not trying to put the like one is like, Oh no, 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 yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah, No, not at all. Yeah. I agree. I'm just like, but that's like, if that's why I think he is, 
utterly ruthless is he sees what happens when you let these people get the upper hand yep. mm-hmm. and he's like we do not give them the chance so nope. yeah if we don't you fuck around with that like get just... ready you don't need to or if you stay ready you don't need to get ready and, <laughs> if, you see, and if you see every person who's not a mutant as a ticking time bomb to, right. to nazism you know mm-hmm. or to, yeah. to, to, to destroying you know who who you are then you're gonna you know try to to douse that flame as quickly as you can for sure kevin i have a feeling you're voting for thanos here oh, <laughs> you're so funny i love i love your i love your sense of humor i'm gonna obviously vote for magneto um, and, and I am going to cite uh, Cullen Bunn's Magneto. Uh, I think it was twelve issue book that hmm, he I never did. Read that. Cool. Oh, it's ex- it's excellent. Oh, very um, cool. And I, I, I think at the core, Magneto is more interesting personally. But mm-hmm. what I think that I think what you all have brought up about Thanos makes me want to reread the books about him because I want to. A, give him another chance as a, as a villain. But I think they're both very similar villains mm-hmm. um, in that they both have idealistic I- concepts of what they want to do for... Well, for Magneto, I guess it's mutant kind. And for Thanos, mm-hmm. it's for hu- for world... For, for uh, life. life. Yeah. For life. For yeah. life. And I was like, what's the word? <laughs> um, uh, but I think at the end, in the core of it is... Magneto is just more interesting in the way it gets represented. Mm-hmm. Even and again, even in Colin Bunn's book, where Magneto is meant to be the lead, he's still a villain. He's still mm-hmm. a bad guy. He's still killing people. He's still mm-hmm. doing things that are awful and terrible. And when you look at him, even in today's X books, he is not. He is, I guess, still a hero of sorts but yet still has villainous moments and Mm -hmm. is still willing to do whatever it takes for mutants including hiding someone and and keeping secrets in a very villainous way because in all honesty professor x should really be on this list too because he's one of the greatest villains of all time yeah so you know if you want like that's the thing that makes magneto and that makes x villains interesting and why magneto should be here because honestly it was either mystique or magneto that should have made it to the final four for the x-men villains Mm -hmm. because they're both yeah the best and most dynamic villains in this bracket for x-men Mm-hmm. Agreed. And I'm going to make it unanimous. I'm voting for Magneto as well. Um, Thanos has had his day, but uh, Magneto is just a far more interesting villain to me. So before we get to those final four matchups, we are going to take one more quick break as we lay siege to Avengers Mansion. We will be right back after these messages. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back with our final four in our best Marvel villain debate. It is Doc 
Doctor Doom versus Ultron, Doc Ock versus Magneto. I'm gonna start so many with so many doctors. Mm-hmm. You know, their parents their must be very so proud. proud. I was just <laughs> gonna say, oh my god, it's a doxa. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, all right, I'm gonna start with uh, Brendan. Doctor Doom versus Ultron. Who do you pick? Uh, Ultron as unsettling uh, original bitchy Terminator uh, <laughs> over over again. Doom, I, I love. I like Doom more as supporting character, or I mean, he always makes the evil choice, but like, I, I most enjoy Doom not as a villain, oddly enough. So Ultron. Interesting. That's I have to chew on that. Kara, uh, what about you? I'm going Doctor Doom because um, I think when you think Marvel villain, he comes to my, like he's in the top three depending on like where you entered the Marvel universe via movies or comics, but everybody knows Dr. Doom. Sure. Sure. Great point. Uh, Kevin. I'm going with Dr. Doom. I think what makes Dr. Doom interesting is he's always scheming, plotting, doing something. There's always an ulterior motive. There's, Oh, he's always got something he wants to achieve. And it ultimately is something that is more likely than not bad. He also is the king of a country and is essentially, although his countrymen, I guess, tend to like him. I've read the most recent run. Mm -hmm. I read the Zdarsky uh, Human Torch and Thing run, which I thought was super interesting. But his role in that and his role with the Fantastic Four and the entire Marvel Universe is honestly just peak villain. He is a master manipulator. I'm going Doom. I find him... I'm, I'm also going Doom. I understand where you're coming from, Kevin, be, or excuse me, Brendan, because mm-hmm. Ultron is just this force of annihilation, right? Yeah. And he's just unyielding. Um, which is cool and and terrifying, but I think as a character, I find Doom more interesting sure. because ultimately, like here is a guy who has made an entire career out of pulling yanking the weave of his college colleague <laughs> for having a pink to face, but yeah. like, he's taken this motivation to like become like the leading technologist of our age, also like in the running for Sorcerer Supreme, yep. the king of an entire kingdom that he's held for decades. Yeah. He has, like, yeah. uh, doom bots, like, an, an array of, like, every time, like, there's a story you don't like, well, that wasn't doom actually bot. doom. It was that, a doom bot. That is actually my biggest vote against him is the doom bot thing because it has been used so much as they're, like, just a racer. Uh, that said, everything you're saying is totally true about doom. And I will also, I do want to call it my favorite maybe my favorite doom story the mark wait during the mark wade run where doom turns to magic instead to get like just incredibly cruel revenge yeah, on yeah. the fantastic four absolutely fantastic and that does go to like no he is genuinely a villain and evil so no no I- i'll stand by my vote but no no ill will towards a man who has only ill will and- <laughs> I had, like, ideas, like wait what's your guy's beef again yeah, <laughs> he interrupted me, and I think blew up in my face. Like, you couldn't How many figure years out a way ago was that? Yeah. Like in you real time, a lot of time and energy into this. <laughs> Let it go. All right, that means Doctor Doom advances to the final two, and another Doctor Octopus is up against Magneto in an actual fight. This would be over pretty quick, but I want to start with Kevin. It's true. Who's first? Who who, who succeeds? Do you go with me? Yeah. Um, sorry. Oh, oh, this is tough because I have neither of these two. Um, I, 
I think I'm going to go with Magneto just because it ultimately is very my my I guess my purpose will end up being similar to Doctor Doom ideological, and I, I think he is the person who has the most interesting stories written about him as a villain. Um, and he, yeah, I'm going Magneto. Okay, Kara, Kara. I'm going with Magneto. I think he's the more interesting of the two. And I think there's something incredibly interesting. The back, you know, we've talked about the backstory that could have easily been the backstory for a hero origin mm-hmm. mm. and to Agreed. have that twist where, oh, that's I a mean, good point. He, again, he kind of flexes back and you know, like he's again doing the right thing, but in the completely wrong way and going beyond where he like, at, like, like a Buffalo charge and can't stop. Like, you know, it's going to about everything. But I think that it, for me, one of the most interesting things about him is that, yeah, you know, for a, a lazier writer, that would be the hero origin story. Mm-hmm. What a great point. I really like yeah. that. Yeah, Brian, where you? Uh, Magneto all the way. Yeah, uh, it's a clean sweep for Magneto for me over here. So, Doctor Doom versus Magneto, final two. I think this is the correct final two, personally. Mm-hmm. I think those are the characters that I think yeah. are the most interesting Marvel yeah. villains. Yeah. I'm going to start in the middle of the pack with Kara. Who should win? I'm I'm going to stick with Magneto. Um, I, I get what more interesting of the two, and again, like... It sounds goofy now, but like the genesis of, of of that beef, like you know, Magneto was was ultimately wronged in this, right. and again to have that, you know, we all agree what happened was terrible and awful and just unimaginably destructive to not just one person being Magneto, but you know, our entire society, um, and to have that be what propels him forward on this path makes him far more interesting to me than Dr. Doom. And that, the, you know, again, that he's carried, that he can, because of that, because of like, he's got a point and he can recruit people on his side and take care of them, nurture them in a way that benefits his mission, but also does legitimately, like he's, you know, he wants to promote, you know, the, the existence and, and advance the existence of mutants but at a, at a terrible cost worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately, his thing is not about Magneto. It's about mutants. Doom is about doom. Yeah. Period. End of sentence. Yep. Um, and I guess have, I, I can see it going either way because that selfishness is a very much a villainistic quality. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I was just going to I was just going to say my vote is doom because of the opposite. Like, yeah, he is, I get that. He is the person who is completely, I see, this is where we get into the, like, when you get into film, I'm the person who's like, I love that Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men has no backstory, no Mm -hmm. origin. He's just purely a villain and cares about nothing but himself, the mission, and getting his money. And, like, ultimately... I don't think that that is either of these people ultimately, but if I'm going to compare them to one person over another, that's more doom for me because doom is always a villain. Like he yeah. is always out for himself. He's always there for petty, which we love petty. It's a signature color at the great pop mm-hmm. culture debate. Correct. Um, <laughs> 
it is he is someone who has who created the cabal which is the opposite of the illuminati the evil uh, the <laughs> yeah, evil illuminati uh, we love that we love an evil illuminati he's the person who has the doom bots who is the king of a country now granted magneto has had genosha um, but Doom, in my opinion, is we talk about benchmarks like I think Doom's more successful than Magneto has ever been. Magneto has oh, whenever Magneto mm-hmm. is successful, it's always when he's good. Never mm-hmm. when he's bad. <laughs> That's true. That's an interesting point. So if we're looking at people who are successful as actual villains, that's Doom, because if you look at even the way he like intercedes into the interpersonal, like he'll weave into Sue's mind and be like, reads bad for you because he's selfish. And like, he's right. He is right. Mm-hmm. He's right. Cause Reed is a terrible person. Reed's a, dick. Reed's a, bad, Reed's a dick. bad husband. Yeah. And so like, that's the other thing about doom and, and Magneto does this a little bit too, but I always feel like doom is the person who gets under someone's skin in just such an interesting way. And in the uh, arc that uh, Brandon was talking about, where he takes up magic, was literally under skin because I believe yep. his armor was made of of people's skins. Yes, it was. So, yeah. Yes, it yes. was. Um, I think I want to change my vote, and I want to say this: I think Magneto is the better character. Yes, yes. but that yep. Doom is a better villain. That, that was exactly for what my argument was going to be when it gets to me. Because as I've been listening to Kevin, and actually from your argument, also I started realizing the inverse of that. I'm like, I like Magneto better. I'd rather read a yeah. Magneto comic. But if we're yep. talking the better villain. Yeah, it's Doom. Yep. Yeah, and I think this is, and we kind of crystallized this at the end here. There's a difference between better villain and better character. And I yes. think Magneto wins the better, more interesting character. Doom wins the more interesting villain. We haven't even talked about the fact that I think two out of four Secret Wars, because one of them we don't count, that's the Bendis one that had nothing. <laughs> Although actually, Doom was the bad guy in that one. Yes, too, he was. Three out of four. The second one was the Beyonder, which we don't talk about. But like <laughs> the other Secret Wars, Doom is the big bad in all of them. Like, yeah. Yep. At the end of Secret Wars 1, he yeah. steals the Beyonder's power and becomes essentially God. Then at the end of the most the big Secret Wars that just happened, like Doom is the one that causes the incursions. Doom is the one that literally like brings the multiverse to heal so that he can rule over everything. And he does. Like mm-hmm. he's immensely powerful, which just Kara's point, like he was just a guy. He was just a kid who was born to a gypsy family and he learned a little bit of magic and had a traumatic relationship with his mom. But like he did all of that on his own. And then he's mm-hmm. like destroying the multiverse. I mean, Lifetime Achievement Award. You that know? doesn't get him in the alumni newsletter. Exactly. <laughs> the evil medical college of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> so I think that is it, folks. We have a unanimous decision. Our pick, our pick for the best Marvel villain is Doctor Doom. Do you agree? Do you think that we're bigger fools than that moron Reed Richards? Tell us how you really feel by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. While you're there, make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so you can hear about what new debates are coming soon, vote in open polls, and even decide which topics we tackle next. I want to say thank you to my panel. Let's all team up and finally rid ourselves of that webbed man as Spider-Man. <laughs> and thank you for listening. If you loved what you heard, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where you can get even more exclusive content and you get all episodes a whole day early. We hope that you have a good one. And remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion. 
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.